Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And a good morning to you. It's uh, Monday, February 10th. If I seem very far away, it's because we're still resetting ourselves in this space. I was far away yes, uh, last time, Thursday. And uh, we'll, we'll try to get us uh, back uh, sort of closer uh, to you. If I'd known I was going to be this far away, I wouldn't have bothered putting any makeup on. Jeez. Anyway, hi. It's another soggy, gray Monday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, midway through February. Not quite, but close. Uh, I think uh, I've been unloading on you for months now about how disaffected I feel from the national culture and how frankly I don't like it so I've uh, disaffected myself I've uh, decamped as it were Uh, but another sign of that is that I couldn't watch the Oscars I (laughs) I mean, I can't watch the State of the Union. I can't watch the Oscars. It doesn't matter whether it's entertainment, politics. I just can't. I mean, I watched some of it, and then I thought, I'm going to bed. Uh, My distaste for um, our cultural offerings in general, uh, yeah, forces me to bed. It's the televised stuff. There's plenty of other stuff to be, uh, you know, good culture to be accessed. But, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, didn't go there. So if, I mean, I have a few things that I saw and want to say. I, it just another example of how I seem to react to everything in a negative way, which left me uh, sort of incapable of getting out of bed this morning. I had to really talk to myself. Um, because I was thinking of how I have to pull out of this sort of constant negative reaction I have to so much stuff. For instance, um, you know, amidst all the Oscar stuff and who or what and, and, and all of that, uh, there was this little item I found from Teen Vogue, that Natalie Portman, the actress, had worn a obviously beautiful dress uh, with a uh, Dior cape that was embroidered with the names of all the women directors who had been snubbed in the best director category. And instead of reacting like, yeah, good for her, I thought, what absurdity. You had embroidered on your Dior cape the names of all... Yeah, and does that change anything? Does it simply set you apart as somebody who can, first of all, afford a Dior cape and have it customized, embroidered by hand with the names of all the women directors? And this simply so that some some old lady in Pittsburgh can, uh, you know, talk about it the next day because it'll get you some ink. And I just, this is my level of just exhaustion In the article in Teen Vogue, it's called a bold statement beyond just the dress. No, it's a statement of extraordinary privilege, (laughs) too much money, and it goes nowhere. Well, here I am. The sub-headline is what a power move no it's just an advertisement for some people have too much money and uh, 
can do these little flourishes to get themselves more attention. I mean, I appreciate, I guess, what she's trying to do, but this is my mood. I'm telling you this more to underscore how crabby <laughs> my mood is. I just, all of this, this little stuff in our entertainment culture, the need to stand out, the need to make a statement. What? What good is being done? That's not action. It really isn't. A little thing, but uh, it bugs me. So when the Academy Awards uh, began, I have to admit I had some Pittsburgh pride in that uh, Janelle Monet, who started it off with a rousing production number, which I enjoyed, uh, started it off dressed as uh, Mr. Rogers. Although as she walked on to the set to, I guess, start the Mr. Rogers Here I Am routine, it was clear that the button on her blouse was undone. And you could see like a little hint of bra. And I thought, uh-oh, wardrobe malfunction to begin. And she, rather adroitly, noted it and buttoned up. I haven't seen anybody talk about that. I don't think it was intended to be there. So she uh, wasn't a major malfunction, but she got it uh, fixed. And uh, so I thought, wow, the Academy Awards start with Fred. And I thought, I wondered what he'd think <laughs> of that. And and then Billy Porter, in all his wondrousness, comes onto the stage and joins her. Billy Porter, Pittsburgh. Mr. Rogers, Pittsburgh. And so there was this uh, Pittsburgh beginning to the to the show, which you know, yeah, always. It doesn't matter where you live unless it's someplace like New York, which, you know, of course gets attention. But if you live anywhere and all of a sudden you're, you garner a measure of attention or you feel pride if anyone from your little city, town, bailiwick makes it, uh, so those are the only two things I have to say, seriously about uh, the awards. I, I pretty much uh, left. Um, if you, if you want to talk about them, uh, I'm sorry. What else? Uh, um, I really just don't want to go into the, the horror stuff. Um, someday I want to talk more about what happened whatever happened to Lindsey Graham did did anything happen to him is he the same person who was friends with John McCain who sounded the alarm about Donald Trump when he first arrived on the Republican political scene what happens to a guy whose politics I do not agree with but who used to, on occasion, seem to be an honorable man. And he's so clearly, I mean, obviously there's a lot of others, but there's something about as soon as John McCain died, it's as if Lindsey Graham was freed up <laughs> from having to be a good man so he wouldn't disappoint his friend. John McCain had to have misread him big time. As a lot of other people have said who wonder 
remember hearing Joe Biden recently saying, we used to be friends. I don't know what happened to him. As if something happened. Well, we're often told that the president has like the beginnings of some kind of dementia. But all the people around him who support him can't all have some form of <laughs> incipient dementia. Sort of like the coronavirus. If you know, if you spend too much time around some of these people, you get infected. And it's lethal in many ways. Lethal to your your moral compass. I don't know, but uh, Lindsey Graham on one of those Sunday talk shows um, was peddling absolute falsehoods and conspiracy theories about Alexander Vindman, the national security guy who had the courage to testify uh, before the House impeachment hearings about what he saw and heard that caused him great concern. And you'll recall he himself was a, an immigrant to this country coming from, I believe, Russia and how he spoke directly in his opening remarks to his father and telling his dad not to worry that they're in America now and I am able to speak truth to power and not suffer, Dad. We're in the United States. You brought us here. Thank you. This is not a totalitarian regime that you flee looking for freedom and the ability to be able to speak your conscience without fear of retribution. And look, because Donald Trump and the Republicans have put us rather solidly on the road to autocracy, and to uh, an America fueled by fear of retribution for speaking truth to power. And they weren't, Trump, not only does he throw Vindman out, fire him, in retaliation for telling the truth. But he throws his identical brother, twin brother, who also works at the National Security Council, he fires him too. Again, welcome to the newest banana republic on earth. And I weep for the Vindman family, for these immigrants, for the dad especially, who uprooted his motherless children to give them some chance at a good life and brought them here believing in America and to see his sons rise to such a level of service to this adopted nation of theirs and then to see them besmirched, brought down, punished because one dared to speak truth to power. Sondland too, who pretty much told the truth, I guess. He was, I mean, that's the clear indication you told the truth if Trump retaliates. But the campaign 
to smear Vindman is particularly grotesque, and it brings me back to what I was talking about, Lindsey Graham. Because Graham is on, I think, Meet the Press. I don't know where this was. And he was point blank asked, was the firing of uh, Alexander Vindman, was that justified? Because he testified <laughs> before a House committee? And oh my God, Graham, he went off suggesting that Vindman was part of a plot. A plot joined by, I think he named FBI agents, I think he mentioned CIA agents, he mentioned the Justice Department, he mentioned the government of the United States, along with this Colonel Vinman, were actively plotting against the President of the United States. That is not true. It is the calumny. Is that the right word? It is the blatant slander and lie floated by the White House. Floated by what used to be fringe, fringe, fringe conspiracy theorists in America, QAnon. Yeah? QAnon is in the White House. QAnon was coming out of Lindsey Graham's mouth. QAnon. These are the people, same people who gave rise to the Pizzagate thing, where, where what was Hillary Clinton was at uh, a sex ring with trafficking babies or something in a basement of a pizza joint and they these people believe all that stuff i have said on more than one occasion in the last few months we're doomed it's when i can't think of anything to say when i'm just sitting with my own feelings my thoughts those are the words that seem to give voice to what I'm feeling and I am feeling that we as a nation are teetering teetering and I'm not exaggerating teetering on a precipice that is unimaginable was excuse me correct the tense was unimaginable to us. Here's another little item I came across today. Should give you pause. As you know, in the State of the Union address, uh, after it was over, Nancy Pelosi quite trolling, essentially. But this is what's happened to us. So after the, you know, you can say good for her, and I'll say, yeah, I guess good for her. But this is what we, he's brought us to. And it wasn't enough that they jumped on her for doing that, ripping up the speech. But they edited it. And the edited version is out there on Facebook, on YouTube. The edited version shows Nancy Pelosi ripping up the speech during the State of the Union address and specifically as the president is lauding the Tuskegee Airmen and other American citizens. So it appears in this video that is now viral and will pass as truth to tens of millions of Americans that that 
Democratic witch ripped that up, disrespecting that old black American hero, that young black child, all of those honored. It's a lie, but we know that these kinds of manipulations now can happen easily and that they will be carried into people's homes, onto their screens, their phones, without filter. Facebook refuses to take it down. Twitter refuses to take it down. I don't think we can have um, a democracy in which uh, voters cannot tell reality from fiction, cannot tell truth from lies, are taught to mistrust, distrust all purveyors of information. Instead, trust purveyors of disinformation. I don't see how this is going to turn out in a positive way. And, um, I I mentioned QAnon. Uh, there's a piece in the New York Times today about it and how it has now gone from the fringes into into the White House, into state houses. Um, even though QAnon has been um, identified as a domestic terror threat by the FBI, which only fuels them because they think the FBI is, of course, part of the deep state. And we have a president who uses the term. We hadn't even heard that term two years ago. And now you have Lindsey Graham on Meet the Press or Face the Nation or whatever that it is, suggesting QAnon level conspiracy theories, all of which, the constant repetition of which, create doubt, cynicism among the people. And once you get the people in such a state of confusion and suspicion and unsure who to turn to, who's telling me the truth, then you have a much, much more easily manipulatable public. These people who believe in QAnon have engaged in some violent activities. There is a congre Republican congressional candidate in Florida or something who openly, openly espouses their theories. And um, in fact was said while he didn't think the Pizzagate thing was true, he did, let me, let me tell you what he was buying into, it was beyond belief. I can't find it, Dan. He was buying into the fact that they were people in Belgium were, what was it? Oh, 
I do believe there is a group in Brussels, Belgium, that eat aborted babies. You can see why I and others might, in a deflated moment, of which there are too many to count these days, think we're doomed. I must admit I've even tuned out of the Democratic race. I can't believe right now it looks like Buttigieg or Sanders. And because media do what they do by over... Our election process goes on so long, ad nauseum, to the point where if by the end of the process you actually can trust, believe in, or even like any buddy running. You're a better person than I am. So I found some good news. Yes, indeed, I did. Came a little late for most of us, but good news. I didn't know this was a thing. Do you know there are states in the United States where if you take your parking, your, your driver's test, you do not have to show you can parallel park. I mean, that's the thing that has tripped more people up time after time after time. My own kid, oh my God, he could do it, but he would get anxious during the tests and always screw up the parallel park thing and not get his license. He's hardly alone. Eventually he did. But Nevada just eliminated the parallel parking portion of the driving test. Do you know how much anxiety they lifted from how many people? And it's quite clear. I mean, assuming that the people you see on the road do have their licenses, it's quite clear that an awful lot of people are really bad at parallel parking. That is true. Not I, however. I pride myself on squeezing in to the tightest spaces, sometimes in one adroit move, with no more than an inch on each side. I always look around to see, did anyone see that? I mean, I expect applause to start up on the, on the sidewalks. Did you? I want to emerge from my car. Triumphant. But Nevada, Nevada, Nevada is not the first. They don't have to parallel park in California to get their licenses. They don't have to do it in Colorado, and they don't have to do it in Florida. Would that the folks in Pennsylvania decide to jettison the parallel parking thing too? Um, one of the reasons these states did it, by the way, is because they were sick of having the same people come back time after time after time after time to get their licenses when they were good to go except for that one skill which you know they just weren't great at but it's for the Department of Motor Vehicles people who got sick of flunking these people over and over and over again so um, that is the biggest reason the other reason and states should start knocking this off now is now with the technology, you know, beep, 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 
beam, beam, beam. I, I dismantle that stuff because it drives me stark raving mad. But also the fact that you have a camera uh, in most cars know, uh, now that does apparently help people. The car, again, these sort of heading closer to a car driving itself. But I am most appreciative of, um, of that little piece of good news for a change. How about no bit? This is going to show my age. Orson Bean. Anyone know who that is? I mean, who's under the age of 60. Orson Bean. Hey, Amy, do you know who that is? What? Oh, you looked it up, but you didn't know. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, it's an age thing. Because if you were watching TV in the 50s, you knew Orson Bean as this funny, smart, clever panelist on the game shows. And it makes you realize how dumbed down the game shows are now. A game show like What's My Line or To Tell the Truth used to be populated. The panelists were clever, funny, often smart as hell people. And it was their smarts that got them on the panel. Not necessarily their celebrity they became more celebrated by virtue of being on the panel. So, um, you know, Bennett Cerf and Orson Bean and Kitty Carlisle Hart, and those folks were clearly smart. That's not necessarily the case anymore. But Orson Bean, I, I think he stood out for me too because of the name. <laughs> I just thought it was the funniest name. Orson seemed funny to me, and Bean as well. That was not his real name. His real name was Dallas Frederick Burroughs. And I want to share some of this guy's life with you, because, you know, as we know, you only get one go-around. And some of us uh, lead relatively calm lives that, you know, are not unusual. And others get more than their share of like, whoa, whoa, that, ha whoa. And such a guy is uh, Orson Bean. So he's born in Burlington, Vermont, where Bernie Sanders was the socialist mayor for a long, long time. He was born in Burlington, Vermont in 1928, Dallas Frederick Burroughs. His dad was a founder of the American Civil Liberties Union. George Burroughs. And the dad, George Burroughs, who was a founder of the ACLU, was also a Harvard University campus cop. And I'm a little mixed up on that one because I sort of thought the people who started the ACLU were all these sort of pointy-headed, uh, you know, lawyerly types. Not campus cops. Uh, his mother, who killed herself when Orson Bean was a teenager, was a cousin of President Calvin Coolidge. Now, Bean, <laughs> when he changed his name, I, I, I don't know. If you watch Jack Parr, 
another clever, smart cookie. He had Orson Bean on all the time because those guys liked other smart cookies. Uh, he was a frequent guest on Jack Parr and, in fact, ended up being their go-to, Jack Parr's go-to guest host. The same for Johnny Carson when he began the ten his tenure on The Tonight Show. Uh, Orson Bean was on there all the time. So if you watch those shows, you couldn't miss him. He got accused of uh, being a suspected commie during the 50s, a feather in anybody's cap, and uh, was blacklisted uh, for a brief time. He, he ended up starting, in 1964, this guy ends up starting a school in Manhattan for kids where there were no rules. He was totally believed that if you just let kids play and choose their own kinds of things that you'd end up with better people. I don't know how it turned out. I think others have tried various forms of that. Um, and then he went full hippie. So he had four kids and he did the, you know, VW van thing. He got ri he had tons of money, apparently got rid of it all. He was giving it away left and right. And he went off into America, going here, there, doing what hippies did, <laughs> giving away everything he owned, trying every drug available indulging in communal sexual activities. Uh, hard to imagine if you can picture Orson Bean doing any of that, but there, there you have it. Um, and when he needed some money, he would do some voiceovers for uh, animated films or uh, make a commercial. But then he got bored with all the uh, hippiedom. So in 1980, he moved back into the spotlight and began appearing in uh, movies, soap operas, or game shows. Um, he was on Murder, She Wrote a number of times on Desperate Housewives. He was also uh, one of the characters in the movie being John Malkovich. But I remember him as a mainstay of the Merv Griffin Show, the Ed Sullivan Show, the Jack Parr Show, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And I don't know, what an odd, odd life. You can't say it was dull. Orson Bean, age 91, dies. It says, quirky actor of stage movies and television. The other thing that is weird is so his mom's related to Calvin Coolidge, his father is a founder of the ACLU, and Ors one of Orson's hippie daughters married Andrew Breitbart. You know, you... Steve Bannon ended up owning Breitbart News because Andrew Breitbart died young, about 10 years ago now. And that Orson Welles, I mean Orson Welles, Orson Bean's hippie daughter would end up marrying Andrew Breitbart. I... I don't get it. Anyway, so that was, for what it's worth, that was the one obit I had for you. Um, Chuck writes, Regarding Natalie Portman, sure, she's a woman of privilege, but aren't nearly all of the attendees similar? Yeah, it's one of the reasons, I just, I'm sick of looking at these people and their dresses and their Botox bodies and their, and, you know, you know, we look at them and think, oh, but the reality is a lot of them are born lucky with great looks 
and a lot of them have talent, no doubt about it, but they have, this is sort of our royalty in this country, these beautiful celebrity people who have armies of others who do their hair, their makeup, their faces, their clothing, their clothes, who teach them how to walk and move and do that red carpet pose. I just get, I've gotten to the point where I, I can't, I don't find it fun anymore. I just find it exhausting, especially when, again, it's like let em eat cake crap. That Dior cape with all the poor spurned women directors embroidered on it. And, you know, I needn't go where you know I'm going. What that money could do. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be banging on tables. What? But I, this is where I am. And I, I, I'm not saying that anyone is wrong to enjoy the Oscars still. It's just, I'm telling you, I got nothing to go by but where I am right now. And where I am is a dark place. And if it gets too dark, I'll just stop doing this because I don't want to bum everybody out. So anyway, back to Chuck. The cape with the embroidered names was a top trending topic throughout the night. And the first I heard of it was from my 24-year-old daughter. So it could be argued that Portman got her point across. But <coughs> that point has been made a million times. I'm sure your 24-year-old daughter already knew that women directors have been spurned year after year after year by the Academy. So yes, she got her point across, which I, was the thing she did want to do, but she wasn't telling us anything we didn't already know, nor are we surprised that she would find this an outrage, as does any fair-minded person. It's just, what's the point? Tell us something we don't know. I, I would have been more moved if somebody had embroidered the names of all the black men and boys who've been killed by cops in the last five years. But that's my thing. It doesn't bring them back. People already know about that death toll. I just don't know what all this sort of self-righteous signifying. Where does it get us? For that matter, where does my blather get us? Eh? This is the mood I'm in. I don't recommend it. <laughs> don't. It's awful. Back to Chuck. I saw most of the nominated movies and felt like Little Women deserved a directing nomination. Well, yeah. But see, last time I looked, Greta was not a male name. Uh, Chris says, but I do agree with you. It was hard to watch the Oscars and really care all that much about them. I thought Chris Rock was funny. I don't know. I just find, you know, hanging over everything now is this reality of Donald Trump and all these Americans who are part of his cult of personality. And again, knowing history and knowing what cults of personality can do and seeing how 
this man is behaving in ways that are very reminiscent of others in history who brought us to very dark places. And to see it happening in a country that you've loved for so long. Little Tony says, Lynn, I have to disagree with you. On what? Well, I remember the anxiety of that part of the driving exam 40 years plus years ago, but I think it's an important skill to have. (laughs) God knows it's clear a lot of people don't have it. Um, I don't think I passed the first time I tried. P.S. I hate when people take up two spaces, oh yeah, or more when they park with no thought of others. Right, right, right. Oh, man. I really, you wonder how people who like, when they don't have to parallel park, I'm not even talking the parallel parking, when they pull into, you know, a lot that has lines, here is a space for you, and they they make the next space uh, unavailable. You wonder how those people, how their cars aren't keyed or they're tired, you know, don't you want to? do something to them and yes right the people who on busy streets don't pull up or pull back so that another car has a shot yeah i agree with all that and just let me get in one more email and we've got a caller uh henry writes lynn i've often wondered what happened to lindsey graham too but i have similar concerns about nunez mcconnell and so many others I'm not sure anything happened to Nunez and McConnell. I think they were always thus. Maybe I'm wrong. Henry says, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I've often wondered if Trump has some sort of dirt on all these people. You know, I wondered it too. I don't think it's Trump. I think it's the Russians. I mean, because you have Lindsey Graham now spouting the kind of, again, this is... Russian disinformation campaign. You know, this is like 9-11, where Osama bin Laden couldn't have probably believed his eyes when he saw those towers fall. I mean, how it it worked beyond his wildest imagination. And I think the same of Putin in the Kremlin. Watching what's happening in our country now because of this his hand-picked guy getting into the White House. Um, And it all working to make Americans internally divide to the point and turn on each other. So Russia doesn't have to do anything. Just let the Americans do it to themselves. And Putin must be like Osama bin Laden on 9-11. Like, whoa! Like me when I do a really great parallel park, only a lot more people are noticing. Uh, Back to Henry. I've often wondered if Trump has some sort of dirt on all these people or worse that he's threatened them or their family somehow. You wouldn't put it past him. Or could it be that Trump has simply achieved cult status like a Jim Jones? It just doesn't make sense that politicians like Lindsey Graham have risked their reputations by fabricating stories like this. Unless their lust to be near power is the overriding impulse that uh, defines them. That might be another reason. I'm going to try not to sneeze here. Ah, hey caller, you you talk and I'll um I might sneeze. Okay, you use cough or sneeze or whatever you need to do. Okay. Um yeah, the parallel parking, I, I think if you can't handle the stress of doing that, then you shouldn't you're not ready for the road. I have no problems making that a requirement. I don't care if you live in the middle of nowhere. You know, you, it, it shows a skill set, and if it's stressful, you're going to get a lot more stressed when you're on the highway or, or if there's a bunch of buses or pedestrians or anywhere. So that was an important, that's an important part of the, the test. 
Ah, uh, just because it's behind you. Okay, all right. I, for one, for no. No. Because it's behind me? What yeah. Mean? I mean, no, because you don't have to. You did it. It's sort of like, uh, well, I did it, and you should have to do it, too. No, but it can't be. It, 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 I'm not saying that. I, that's not what I meant. What I meant was, like, yes, is it always necessary? At some point in time, everybody's going to parallel park. I don't care if you live in Iowa, you know, going to the caucuses. You're going to have to parallel park at some time. And if it stresses you out, then you, maybe you shouldn't be driving. I mean, seriously, and I don't care if you're 16 years old or, or 86 years old. And, um, and, and, and I've, I've done it twice because I, let my, I, I moved to Pennsylvania, and they made me take the whole driving test. I thought I was just going to paperwork and get my Pennsylvania driver's license, so I moved here from Maryland. And they said, well, you got to take the test. I said, oh, okay. I took the written test. I got all but one right. And you got to take the driving test, too. I'm like, what? And I said, well, parallel park. I'm like, okay. Now, mind you, I, I was a little scared because, you know, I jump in the car. The, the skipper says, forget your bad habits. You'll be fine. And I did, and I was fine. And so I, I did it twice. What was a, a many years, 20 years after I did it as a teenager. So it's just an important part of, like, dealing with understanding the boundaries of your car, understanding your mirrors, and and, right, and if you're right. stressed, good. It's good, but that's not why I called. Oh, um, for God's sake! You can't talk that long and then say that's not why I called. Well, I don't know. I I, I just thought that the the Oscars. I don't understand. It is a royalty, but at least most of those people there, they earn their they they most of them earn it. You know their way there. They they weren't born into money and wealth and and just got a great education because who their mommy and daddy or some were maybe like Laura Dern but really it was I, I don't begrudge them for all the attention and whatever they get I mean, well you're just, a better man than I like most of us. okay hey Roger I hear you thank you you're what you think th Brad said th thank you for disagreeing with me today I love people who disagree with me no no uh, what do you think of Brad Pitt I think he's so gorgeous I just and I thought his speech was lovely. That's all. I loved it too. Yeah, no, he, he he's just he's too. I mean, who doesn't like him? He just seems like a nice guy. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I love him. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I like him too. It is yeah. Great, so. Men love him. Women yeah. love him. He's loved. I give him a pass. Yeah. Hey, thank yeah, you. That's right. Thank you. Right, bye. Have a good day. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Man. I do think that's the first time I've sneezed twice on a on a show, and now I'm all. Bleh. Uh, uh, Barbara says, "Oh God, the most interesting person I saw on on Sunday was Santa Marin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right on Fareed Zakaria's show, as she is." She's the one, the world's youngest serving prime minister. She's 34 years old and is the prime minister of Finland. Oh, God. When asked about the United States ranking uh, regarding women's representation in government, she said that you need laws and structures to make it happen. It just doesn't happen by itself. I think what she said is there is a law in Finland that you must have 40 to 60 percent representation of men. Yeah, right, you got to do that. That's called, you know, like affirmative action stuff or something. Uh, despite, uh, the U.S. ranks 75th globally in women's representation in government. 75th! Hey, we're number one. We're number one. And you wonder why Donald Trump is our president. Ah, uh, Kleenex. Anyway, uh, caller, go ahead. There you go. Hi. Um, hi, Lynn. It's Dave. Um, I work at the Driver License Center. Oh. Did you know that? No. Yes, I do. <laughs> and uh, the parallel parking thing, we get a big kick out of it. Every now and then it ends up, it's not parallel parking so much as it's perpendicular parking. Uh, they kind of get in there wrong and they get stuck. Uh, yeah, that's the big thing. Now, when I took my test 40-some years ago, it wasn't parallel parking. That wasn't the big thing. It was the three-point turn. 
Uh, Remember that? Sure. You have to use that if you're making an illegal U-turn. <laughs> right. I think the reason why they don't even emphasize that so much anymore is because back in those days, cars were bigger. They had a much wider um, yeah, turning they, radius. Yes, exactly. So trying to turn your car around in a you know, small street uh, was right. a big thing, whereas nowadays you can practically just do a U-turn. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Move them around. Anyways, Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Lindsey Graham, I think, is a uh, woman trapped in the body of a man, for one thing. Uh, these guys, they are just terrified of Trump. They're just terrified of him. Once Trump got rid of everybody and put Bill Barr in power, all of a sudden he got his footing. Prior to that, he was just kind of stumbling around, knocking stuff over, and just making a big mess. He's still doing that, but he's doing it with much more confidence now. Ever since he got Bill Barr in there, and all the other grown-ups in the room left, um, and the Republicans are just terrified of him because all he has to do is point at them and his mutts the voters the trump supporters just go after these guys like piranhas right i think that's a and that's that, a very interesting point uh yeah hey speaking of bill barr i saw that as soon as he got uh the attorney general job his daughter got uh immediately a job with uh Mnuchin over at treasury immediately yeah, that's I mean, not at all surprising. Uh, <laughs> Just the corruption and, uh, and the criminality. And now he's got a green light to do anything he wants. And you think he's not going to cheat to win? You ah. think he's not going to? It's the old he can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and he may very well. Because yes. according to Dershowitz, if he does it so that he can get reelected, it's legal. So you That's go right. ahead and assassinate your political <laughs> opponent, and Dershowitz says you're allowed to do it. Right. Right. Um, you know, look for missing ballot boxes. Look for voter purge, uh, um, Russia hacking in and, and completely erasing uh, uh, names from polls and yeah. uh, voter rolls, voter rolls. Yeah, yeah. Just look for anything, anything. Yeah. There's nothing to stop him. Nothing. I agree with you, and, and I guess, I, that's why I say. Uh, Giuliani is still doing. hot on Biden's trail right now, and he's got a direct line to uh, a Bill Barr. It's just, it's just amazing. It's, it's, it's fucked up. You got I don't that right. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> you pretty much said it all. Hey, thank you. Always great to hear You're from welcome. you. Okay, bye. Bye bye. Uh, back to the emails. Little Tony says, I didn't see all the Oscars and tuned out before the end. I remember when the Oscars was a big deal. Well, you see, but that was back in the day when there were three television networks, and we all pretty much watched the same thing. And, you know, all the choices available to us now make it difficult to have, um, I, I suppose the Super Bowl is the closest thing we still have to something, that, but a lot of people are tuning out of that, too. Hard to create a community if we're all off in this atomized uh, little worlds of our own but that's where we are and technology has brought us that that's a definite down side of it um tony says what i saw of it was a bore or maybe i just stopped caring i'd like to see the movie you talked about a while back parasite well that one best picture <laughs> I, it's i thought it was my choice of the movies i saw uh, for Best Picture. Not a perfect movie, but just a good movie, I thought. Could have done without the violence, but guys, guys, you know, guys can't, can't seem to avoid it. If you think of most of the movies in the world, they're about guys killing each other. Uh, Russ writes, I took my driver's test in 1978 in northern Pennsylvania. We did not have to parallel park, but the three-point turn. <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's interesting. It was mandatory. Not having to parallel park on my driver's test has not made me less of a driver. While all of us live in mall communities more, I think it isn't a priority anymore, unless you live in Squirrel Hill. Yeah, okay. Where I live, you got to parallel park, because I park on the street all the time in tight little streets where parking is at a premium, and you damn well better know how to parallel park. And the smaller your car, the better off you are. Um, have a great day. 
Thank you, Russ, and I'll just use the opportunity to say the same to you guys, and um, I'll see you tomorrow. I think my sister Susan will be joining us, and I hope we can get a little up close and personal with you by tomorrow. That'd be nice, too. Have a great day. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.